0: Good morning. Thank you, Gloria, for that beautiful piece on the piano. It was a blessing. We thank the Lord for that. Shall we just once again look to the Lord for his help? Our Heavenly Father, we need you so much, moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. Lord, we have so many concerns, so many needs And we lift them up before you and pray that you'll answer them according to your perfect timing and your perfect will. And Lord, now we pray you'll quiet our hearts and speak to us in tenderest tones by the Holy Spirit in the power of the Spirit. And we just pray, Lord, that you will hide me behind the cross. And we pray that Jesus will be glorified today. And we thank you for all the saints here and all the saints listening at home and watching and, and wherever they may happen to be. And we pray that your word would come alive to our hearts and, and lead us according to your ways. In Jesus' precious name, amen. How many have heard of George Bernard Shaw? He's a famous, yes, playwright, author. Well, one day they, they asked him, a reporter asked him, Mr. Shaw, if you could live your life over and be anybody you've known or any person from history, Who would you be? I would choose, replied Shaw, to be the man George Bernard Shaw could have been, but never was. What that's talking about is he says, I didn't live up to my potential. All of us have a potential, especially when we get saved. And God has a potential for what he wants us to do, what he wants us to accomplish how He wants us to live our lives as men and women, boys and girls in this world. And sometimes there are those who live up to their potential, and other times there are those who do not. And God wants us to not only live up to our potential, but to our full potential of what He has for us. That's why He gives us gifts by the Holy Spirit. He equips us and trains us to do what He wants us to do and to live the kind of lives that please Him and glorify Him. The title today of our message is Living Up to Our Full Potential. Yes, God originally created you and I to glorify Him. That was His original intention. And because of sin, and because of all the wickedness and evil of this world, it seemed to mess up God's plan completely. But even before sin entered into the world, God had the plan of salvation at the ready. And He sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sin. Taylor sings that song sometimes that, you know, God is the one who can clean up the messes of our lives. And we are thankful that He has done that. You know, the word potential is interesting because it means that can but is not yet Come into being possible, latent, unrealized, undeveloped, expressing possibility, capability, or the like. You know, in professional sports, every year they have a draft. NFL, NHL, MLB, all the sports leagues have them. And you know what they do? They look for talent. They look for people that are skilled at their, at their craft. They want to draft them out of college or high school or wherever they are in the world and bring them in to play on their team. So they look for talent. They look for character. But you know what? When it comes right down to it, they're looking for potential. These people are talented. They have the potential. Some develop into superstars like a Michael Jordan, a LeBron James, Steph Curry and the like. And others are just ordinary players that play a year or two and then they're, they're out, of, out of the league. When God calls us and He chooses us for His salvation and for His service, He has great plans for us to do great things for Him. And the only thing that can get in the way is sin, stubbornness, willfulness, our own pride and that type of thing. And today we're going to look at the Apostle Paul as being one who lived up to his full potential, and Samuel, the prophet, also did. And we're also going to look, and that's potential, and that's potential achieved, and then secondly, Potential unfulfilled. You know, it says of Paul in Acts chapter 9, verses 15 and 16, it tells the story there of how Paul got saved. He was Saul of Tarsus. He was on his way to persecute the Christians in Damascus, bring them back to Jerusalem, imprison them, put them to death. And while all this was happening, the Lord interfered in his life. The Lord intervened in his life. The Lord took a persecutor and turned him into a preacher. Took one who was an enemy of the gospel and made him the greatest proponent of the gospel. And here it says in Acts chapter 9, and verses 15 and 16, this is the Lord speaking to Ananias there in Damascus regarding Saul. It says, but the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine, to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And then look at the scriptures in the New Testament. That's exactly what God did in his life. He brought him before kings and, and Gentiles and The people of Israel, and he brought the gospel to them right up to the highest levels in Rome. He preached and won souls to Christ and served the Lord. And then we're going to also look at his life today and also Samuel's and how they lived up to their potential. Well, the first one is potential achieved. You know, only God can, can work miracles in our lives. Only He can take a sinner and turn him into a saint. Only God can do that. Only God can take a hardened heart and turn it into a heart for Him. The Bible says in Ezekiel, He says, take away the stone of your heart, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Yes, Paul was surrendered to the Lord. He was committed to the Lord. He was dedicated to the Lord. From the moment he got saved, he said to the Lord, Lord, what will you have me to do? And he did everything God asked him to do. That's why he lived up to his full potential. That's why he served the Lord. That's why he was a holy vessel. That's why he was serving in the, in, in the Lord's service. And it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 20 and 21 but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver and i would like to think those are the people gold and silver are those who live up to their full potential for the lord and what he would have for them but he also says but of also wood and clay some for honor and some for dishonor but then he goes on to say in verse 21 He says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the Master, prepared for every good work. This should be our prayer every day. Lord, sanctify me. Use me. Prepare me for the work you have me to do today. Because none of us, when we get up in the morning, knows exactly what God has for us that day, do we? We have plans. We we have to-do lists. We have Things on our calendar that are supposed to be accomplished. But sometimes God just changes the plan. He changes the day completely around. So we will do His will that day and whatever He has us to do. I love Paul's motto in life. Paul's motto in life is found in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21. I know, Bill, this is one of your favorite verses and Bill used to have it on your license plate, remember? Years and years ago. The Lord saved him uh, from a health crisis, and, and he had this verse, and it says, For me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul could say that because he spent his whole life serving the Lord, and he had no regrets about it. He left behind Judaism and all that he learned there in the things in the world, and he went on, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And it became not only a motto for him, but a lifestyle for him. And that's the lifestyle of the Christian, is to live for Christ. It's interesting. The other day, Adel gave us a wonderful devotion on this verse in, in our, our Wednesday uh, devotion. And that very same morning, I gave a verse on, on my blog on the same exact verse. Coincidence? No, not a coincidence at all. The Lord is so good. And at the end of uh, Paul's life, he could say to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.7, he says, I have fought the good fight, I have, kept, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And again, yesterday, the Lord confirmed that again. Adol mentioned that in his message when he was talking yesterday about our dear brother uh, Bill Melton. Yes, God wants us to live up to our full potential. Sometimes you might think this morning, well, you know, I don't think I've been really living up to my full potential. It doesn't have to end that way. That's the good thing. The Lord is a God of second and third chances and more chances than you can count. And He wants us to get back on track, get back into His Word, get back into prayer, get back into devoting our lives to serving Him fully and being the vessel he wants us to be. So Paul, he lived up to his full potential and he offers us his example and how to follow it. The second person I chose is, is fulfilling his full potential is Samuel. Samuel came about as a miracle answer to prayer. Hannah could not have children. Her husband couldn't help her. Nobody could help her. She couldn't have children. She went to the temple. She prayed. We know her story. And when she prayed, God answered her prayer and gave her a sign. And she says, I will lend him back to the Lord. I will give him back to the Lord. And she brought him back to Eli, the, the prophet there in the tabernacle. And he lived there and grew up learning the things of God and became a great man of God. He was a prophet, he was a priest, and he was a judge. And he was the only person who was all three in the Bible. And it just reminded me of the fact, little Samuel, he was so little when she brought him in, he had, and she would bring him a new little coat to wear every year. She would come there because they would worship the Lord once a year. They would come and she would see Samuel and she'd see him growing and growing and growing. And that's the exciting thing for you parents that have children in the Lord. They're little now, but they grow up. They grow up, they get saved, and they go on to serve the Lord. And that couldn't be any more thrilling to a parent, a Christian parent, to see their children raised up in the, in the fear of the Lord. Yesterday I was at the hospital and I was reading that article you sent, Rudy. And it's really quite an interesting article about how many children who go to secular schools And they learn the things of the world and then they go away and they leave the church and they leave Christianity and they leave the Lord and it's just so sad. And I was just telling uh, Rudy when I responded in my note to him about how thankful we are for you mothers and fathers who do homeschooling and, and, and sending your Christian kids to Christian schools because the world out there, what they're teaching nowadays is terrible. They're not just teaching the three R's. Reading, writing, arithmetic, right? That's what I learned growing up. But they're bringing all kinds of evil things into it. All kinds of horrible things are going on in schools. And they're allowing it to happen. And we need to stand up. And we need to pray. And we need to thank the Lord for our Christian parents who are raising their kids. For our Sunday school teachers. For our homeschool teachers. And for those who give their lives to teach the kids, the Word of God. Samuel became a leader of the nation of Israel. He had influence on them. And it says in 1 Samuel 7, 2-4, Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your heart, and then put away the foreign gods and the asterisks which are among you, and serve Him only. He will deliver you from the hands of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the Ashtaroth and serve the Lord only. He had an influence on them. And they even put away all their false gods and idols. Praise God for that. And there were others in the Bible who lived up to their full potential too. These weren't the only two. There were men like Noah who spent 120 years building the ark and living a righteous and godly life and pleasing God. There was Joseph, whom God raised up to be over all Egypt and to save the people of Israel alive and save the whole world. There was Moses, the great leader of the people of Israel, lived up to his full potential. Abraham, Jeremiah the prophet, and Daniel, just to name a few. They lived up to their full potential. The question for us, the question for me, is are we living up to our full potential? And that's what we need to ask ourselves. Secondly, there is not only the potential achieved, but there is also the potential unfulfilled. To me, it's one of the saddest things in the Bible. When you see someone with so much wisdom, so much power, so much knowledge and all of these things. They've got tremendous potential, but they don't live up to it. In fact, they don't fulfill what God wanted them to do. And there are two people in particular that I'd like to mention. And one is Samson and the other is Solomon. They had the greatest potential, but they didn't live up to it. They really didn't. It was interesting, the other day I was looking on my phone and I saw there was this special thing there on the Facebook. And it was about a little boy. And this little boy with long blonde hair, he's five years old, is a, is a concert pianist. And it's amazing. He came out and he came out and he sat down at the piano and he's a little boy, five years old. He stunned the world. He sat down and he was so short he couldn't reach the pedals so he had to move the bench closer to the piano so he could reach the pedals and play the piano. Five years old. There's hundreds of people in the audience. There's a full orchestra. And he sat down at that piano without any notes, just from memory, and he played Mozart's Piano Concerto Number 3. And it was the most beautiful thing I have ever heard. I have heard many people play the piano. I've heard many symphonies and I've heard many concerts, many soloists. There's great pianists in the world today. But if I didn't know he was five years old, I could not have... I, I closed my eyes and I thought, am I listening to, is this really what I'm hearing from a little five-year-old boy? This boy has tremendous potential. He's already a maestro. He already sounds great. Although I'm sure they'll say he could approve here or there, maybe. The, the finest pianist in the world could nitpick and find, but he sounded so tremendous. And then the next day, or a couple of days later, I saw a little boy who was even younger than him. He was three years old. And he played the violin. And he had this little tiny violin. And he was there among this big concert hall. And they had this symphony going and everything. And he had his little violin. And he's playing the violin. And I'm saying, wow, that is potential. God knows. He gives everyone that potential. He wants us to live up to it. And it is for his glory. But Samuel, or Samson I should say, had tremendous potential. He also was a child that was born according to an answer to prayer too because his mother could not have children. Her husband was named Manoah. We don't know what his mother's name was. But God came and appeared in the form of the angel of the Lord and spoke to them and promised that they would have a son and he would be a very special son. And they were not to, and she was not to eat or drink anything from the vine, and during this her pregnancy. And when he grew up, he was going to be a Nazarite from his youth. He was going to serve the Lord with unquestioned devotion and dedication. That's what a Nazarite did. And normally in the Old Testament, when someone took a vow of of being a Nazarite, they did it for a particular time. And they let their hair grow, and they took the vow of the Nazarite. But if they came into some kind of contact with a dead body or something that defiled them ceremonially, they had to end their vow and offer the sacrifice and so forth. But this young man, Samson, was to be a Nazarite all his life. But he didn't live up to it. He didn't live up to it. He failed to realize the potential that God had for him. He was a son of the promise. And it says in Judges chapter 13 and verses 24 and 25, mentioning his mother, it says, So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. What better potential could he have? And then it says, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Manahe Dan between Zorah and Eshtel. Yes, he was a special child, a gifted child, a child prodigy. And yet, because of his own spiritual recklessness and neglect, he didn't live up to the plan that God had for him at his life. He served the Lord for 20 years as a judge over Israel, but it could have been a lot longer. He could have served a lot better. He could have won greater victories over the Philistines than others, but he didn't honor God fully as he should have. He didn't live up to his potential. He could have been so much greater. And remember what happened. Delilah turned him in. And she turned him over to the Philistines, and they came and they plucked out his eyes, so sad. And then they took him to the house of their God, and there he was, and he prayed for strength. And in the end of his life, he pulled. his hair began to grow, and God gave him the strength again. And he pulled down those pillars, and all the Philistines were killed, including himself. He died. And it says in Scripture, just to bring some encouragement to the story so it wouldn't be too sad, The Lord shows us that he killed more Philistines in his death than he did even in his life. But we don't want to be like Samson in that sense of not living up to our full potential. The other person that didn't live up to his full potential was Solomon. Solomon was the king after David. David was his father. Bathsheba was his mother. And they trained him and they taught him in the ways of the Lord. And he had such great potential. Remember when he took over the kingdom and God appeared to him at Gibeah and he said, what do you want me to give to you? Anything you want, I'll give to you. And what did he ask for? He asked for an understanding heart and wisdom to govern the people of Israel. And God answered that prayer. And it was so glorious. And then he built the temple. He he organized the whole thing and they built the temple and they finished it and he gave the prayer and everything and all the sacrifices. And yet, in his older years of life, it says that he took foreign women as wives and the first mistake he made was he married Pharaoh's daughter. That's like marrying the daughter of the devil, I'll tell you, because Pharaoh in the scriptures is a type of the devil. And so he married the devil's daughter. Can you imagine marrying the devil's daughter? That's what he did. And he brought her in. And then once he brought her in, he brought in all these other women and he had all of them. And they turned his heart away from the Lord to serve their gods, their false gods. And it says in 1 Kings 3, 11-14, Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, this is in the beginning here, nor riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. He said, Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall there any arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you all among the kings, all your days. And then in verse 14, so, here's the key. So, if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. That was the promise to him. He had all the wisdom. He had everything anybody could imagine. Everything, every possession, all the riches, honor, wisdom, He was one of the greatest kings, and he was the greatest king and the wisest king, and it was just a wonderful thing. But he didn't live up to his full potential because of sin. And because of that, his wives turned away his heart. And it says in 1 Kings 11.4, in his latter years, it says, so it was when Solomon was old that his wife turned his heart after their gods And his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. I've seen it. You've probably seen it over the years. A couple gets together. They get married. And one of them, maybe the woman, could be the man, leads that marriage off track because they don't want to follow the Lord they don't want to follow the Lord. So what happens is the weak one drags down the stronger one. The stronger one rarely can, can, can bring up the weak one. But as Christians, we need to be strong in our faith and we not need to let anything distract us or get us off course for the Lord. Paul said to the Galatians in chapter 5 and verse 7, a, a very wonderful verse that speaks to this subject. He says, You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Can you imagine if this was spoken to Solomon in his day? Solomon, you started off well. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? It was the foreign women. Yes, it was. But he let it happen. And that was the sad part. So many Christians today waste their lives on trivial things of this world. They waste their life on carnal pursuits. They waste their lives on things that don't matter, that don't count for eternity. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be like Samson. We don't want to be like Solomon in that respect. We want to start off well and we want to finish well. That's what's going to count. And we want to be all that God wants us to be. So may the Lord encourage our hearts today. To strive to be like the Apostle Paul, to fulfill all that God wanted him to do, he did it. God has some great plans for you, and he had some great plans for me. We have great potential, but we have to live up to it. And we don't want to be like Samson, and we don't want to be like Solomon. I mean, you think, so many people think, I'd like to be like Samson. He was so strong and everything, he tore a lion just like you would tear a, a piece of paper, I mean, he just killed that lion, and he was so strong. There was nobody stronger, because he was strong in the strength that God had given. And there was no one wiser than Solomon. He had, he had every advantage. He was a great, great king. He started off so well and did so many wonderful things. But he let the last part of his life overshadow the first part of his life. And that's what can happen when you start off well, and then come in and and, and don't do well at the end, all that you did can be forgotten, if it was good in the beginning. But when you start off well and you finish well, God is glorified and it works out for us. The question is for us today, are we living up to our full potential? And if you're not yet saved, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can't live up to your full potential. You can't. You can be educated. You can be intelligent. You can be hardworking. You can be industrious and all of these things. But if you don't have Christ in your life, you cannot live up to that full potential that God has for you. But when you come to Christ and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and you repent of your sins and and believe that Jesus died for you on the cross, You can live up to your potential and your full potential. It's going to be sad one day when the Lord runs back the tapes of of our lives and shows us some of the opportunities we missed, some of the things that we didn't do, that we should have done. And can you imagine if you're not saved and the Lord brings up all the times that you were witness to, people shared with you and you rejected it and put it off and delayed it, It's going to be sad. But may the Lord help us to get saved, to live for Him, to live up to our full potential so that we can be a blessing to all those around us, those who are saved and those who are unsaved. People notice. They'll they'll spot you if you're not living for Christ. If you say you're a Christian and you don't walk the walk and walk the talk, it's going to be apparent. So shall we just look to the Lord in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we are challenged by your word today, and we pray that you will help us to live up to our full potential. Lord, none of us are perfect. We do fail. We make mistakes. We sin. But we pray, Lord, that you will work in our lives and that you will help us to live up to our full potential. Lord, that we will stay close to you and serve you and honor you and please you every day. And help us, Lord, to be aware that there are pitfalls in this world. There are people that want to influence us for the world, and we don't want to let that happen. We pray that you will protect us, and you will protect our kids, and you will help us to live holy and godly lives in this world. And we thank you, and we praise you, Lord. And so we commit everything to you, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.